Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Thanks for listening to Creative Control. Uh, While I have you here, please consider supporting Youth Empowerment and Support Services, otherwise known as YES. Based in Edmonton, Alberta, YES provides immediate and low-barrier overnight and day shelter, temporary supportive housing, and individualized wraparound supports for young people aged 15 to 24. They work collaboratively within a network of care focused on the prevention of youth homelessness by providing youth with the necessary supports to stabilize their housing, improve their well-being, build life skills, connect with community, and avoid re-entry into homelessness. Learn more about how to donate or otherwise support YES by visiting YESS.org. Hey, this is Adam from Toronto, and I support Creative Control because Vish is full stop one of the best arts interviewers in Canada, or anywhere in the world, really. He approaches every episode like he's known the artist for years, creating a conversational atmosphere that gets straight to the heart of the work. No one else in podcasting gets it quite right like he does, with a mixture of meticulous research, wise artistic insights, and well-humored personal connections. I proudly support Vish and Creative Control on Patreon. You should, too. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash creative control today. Travis Good and Mike Belitsky are each very talented and prolific multi-instrumentalists who respectively reside in different parts of Southern Ontario and Canada and are members of the Sadies, the greatest rock and roll band in the whole wide world. Formed by singer and guitarist Dallas Good and bassist Sean Dean in and around 1994, the Sadies would eventually include Travis on guitar, vocals, and fiddle, among other instruments, and Belitsky on drums, primarily. The Sadies are renowned collaborators, serving as a backing band and co-conspirators for a long list of legendary artists, while also cultivating their own unique trajectory via endless touring and a rich and varied discography steeped in punk, country, folk, and psychedelic rock music. The Sadie's world was completely destroyed in February 2022, when Dallas Good passed away suddenly at 48 years old. The primary decision-maker in the band, Dallas, had already tended to most of the details and plans for the Sadie's recently completed new album, 
which was primarily overseen by producer Richard Reed Perry and engineer Pietro Amato. This brilliant final Sadie's offering with Dallas in the fold is called Colder Streams. It's out July 22nd, 2022 by Yeprock. And uh, ahead of rescheduling tour dates for this fall, Travis and Mike join me for a conversation about parrots, dogs, and goats, animal injuries, and Mike's recent wrist surgery, the making of colder streams in Montreal and its sound and lyrical themes, Dallas's role in the band and how it's impossible to fill it, his interest in Satan and why the devil appears in some of these new songs, how the good family is faring these days and what the future of the Sadies can possibly be, songs made with the late Gord Downey, Mike's wrist recuperation and Sadie's touring, other future plans, and much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you who follow and subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash creative control with additional support from Blackbird Music, well-stocked record store with locations in Edmonton and Calgary, Alberta, and very friendly staff who will help you place your orders, whether they're special, hard-to-find releases, or new things like Colder Streams by the Sadies. For more information about how you can access Blackbird Music, go to their website, blackbird.ca. Plus, in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario. This is episode 703 of Creative Control, featuring the lovely and talented Travis Good and Mike Blitzky of the Sadies, plus special appearances by Mr. Pickles, the parrot, and Sally, the dog, with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Hey Travis, how you doing? I'm okay. How are you doing? I'm not uh, not bad, thank you. Where in the world are you today? I'm at home, just outside of Peterborough. Nice. Yep. <laughs> how how is your day shaping up in Peterborough there? Oh, it's okay. You know, I had uh, it's been pretty quiet except I had a, I just brought my dog in for some stitches. So, uh, but she's doing okay. She just had a little bit of an accident. Oh no! What happened? Ah, she was playing with another big... She's a Great Dane puppy, and she was playing with a St. Bernard puppy, and she just got nicked. <laughs> oh, I see. Now, when you say wound. you brought it in, a flesh wound, you say you brought it in. You didn't bring it in the house and perform the stitches yourself. You took it to the vet? I took it to the vet. Yeah. Could you could you repair a dog that needed help? I'd rather not. I'd rather take it to a professional, but... Uh, Living out in the country, it's happened, you know. One time I was on tour and uh, my wife was home alone and uh, one of the dogs got a face full of porcupine quills and she oh, no. managed to get them all out because luckily we had a vet who gave us uh, a little bit of a syringe for uh, to sedate the dog just in case of such an emergency. And so she, I see. So she uh, knocked the dog out and took a pair of vice grips and pulled them out of its mouth. That was oh, wow. impressive. Wow. Me, I don't really, uh, a... I can I can <laughs> clip the goat's hoofs, you know, and that's about it. 
What do, you, what do you mean that's about it? That's like more than most people can do. I don't even know what that means. What do you got to do to the goat's hooves? You clip them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're strong, too. They put up a bit of a fight for a bit. But, uh, yeah, you wow. got to clip their hooves so they they get a little too long. I see. Yeah. I see. So you, so you've got livestock out there in, uh, outside of Peterborough? No, they're just pets. It's just the pettings, you know, dog, parrot, and uh, six goats. Oh. You know, but they're just <laughs> a pet and walk hang out with <laughs> i see well no that's that's great that's lovely to hear and i'm i'm glad all is relatively well there uh also on the line here mike Belitsky, are you there yes i'm here hi vish hi nice to hear your voice uh where in the world are you i'm in toronto ontario canada nice how many goats do you have <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't have any goats <laughs> zero goats we've gone from no. six to zero, all in the span yeah. of one conversation. Wow! But I get I get to visit Travis's goats because we rehearse at his um, farm, and uh, so I, I do see them fairly regularly. I see. Do, do, yeah. do, have you developed uh, any affinity with any particular goat? Well, I mean, Krampus is kind of. I mean, he's. Is there such a thing as an alpha goat? He's the alpha goat. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> And he has long yeah. horns, so he's dangerous. You got to make friends with Krampus. Yeah. Kramp- Krampus is isn't Krampus evil Santa Claus, Mike? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a great name. <laughs> it's a great name for because the goats they have beards. Is that the deal, Travis? Do all the goats have like beard related names? They, well, no, he's the only one that has a beard related name. Dallas named him Krampus, and uh, the uh, the other ones are all kind of have. Uh, Cheese-related names like there's Lady Brianna and there's a, a Lord Stilton, I believe. I'm not sure. I don't really call them. To be honest with you, man, I don't really call them by name. No, <laughs> I have to say there's there's those little pygmy ones that are they're really cute. Oh, nice small goats, pygmy goats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a but, but I mean I don't know if they're pygmies, but they're I think they are, but they're also. Um, I saw them when they were goatlings, if that's the term, puppies, like little baby goats, and they were they were just really cute. Oh, that's lovely. Well, that's and that's a nice yeah. that's an that's a nice environment to to get to go to to play music. You know, most of us have to trudge through some sort of cityscape, and uh, you know, take you, Mike, you got to carry your whole drum kit on the subway. It's annoying. Yeah, this is. Yeah, no, I have to. I have to say, it's it's as far as rehearsal spaces go. Um, it's fantastic. Yeah. Well, we were getting yeah. we were getting into some veterinary uh, issues with uh, Travis <laughs> oh, yeah. and the dog. Yeah. Uh, oh. You are, yeah. as we're speaking, Mike. Uh, you are mm. uh, you were labored. Something something went uh, haywire. What's going on? And how are you doing? First of all, yeah. Can you tell tell the people listening uh, the, your status? What's going on there, medically speaking? Not anything else. Um, and then, okay. <laughs> and then within that, yeah. Well, you know, I got a lot of personal problems. <laughs> this is what I wanted to avoid. I thought maybe we could stick to the matter at hand. No pun intended. What's going on there? I I tore a ligament in my wrist, and um, I had surgery on on it on July fourth. And I wanted to chime in, but I didn't know if I had been introduced yet. If that meant I could speak while you were talking to Travis. Mm-hmm. But 
he got stitches for his dog today. I actually had the stitches from my surgery removed today oh. and a, a new lighter, more mobile cast put on. And I'm, I'm doing, I'm feeling very positive about that. Well, that's, that's so excellent to hear. Uh, you are uh, one of my favorite drummers and one of the greatest drummers to ever do it, if I might say. So this is heartening news. Now that you've got the lighter cast, uh, what is your what is your prognosis? When can you potentially? I, I assume you have to do sort of like a physical therapy rehab, that kind of thing. Is that right? Yeah, that won't happen for I think minimum of another three weeks, but probably a little longer. I have to go back in three weeks, and I think there's some pins that are embedded in my wrist right now that will be removed then, I believe. And I think at that point they'll decide whether. I can start physio or need another couple of weeks in a cast. I, I, I see. I'm not sure. I'm just sort of taking it visit by visit. Right. Well, uh, and you had you sent me you texted me the photos. You had a comically large cast. I know. It looked like you had been. It, it looked like you'd been attacked by five porcupines, if I might say. That's the kind of yeah, cast they had to slap on you there. Uh, yeah, that's. I'll, I'll send you some uh, some photos of with the cast off, and it's. It, like it's very Frankenstein reconstructed oh, rest, like all. Right. Yeah, that's pretty. It's pretty gross right now, but it's kind of cool. I don't know. Yeah, depends on what you're into. <laughs> <laughs> Got sorted there at the end. Appreciate that. No, that's uh, <laughs> that's good. Well, I'm glad you're doing well, and uh, yeah. I, I have to say, um, I've been looking forward uh, to talking with both of you uh, more than I have uh, anyone, and I talk to people every day. Uh, I miss you guys, and. Uh, and all that sort of stuff, and uh, we have um, we have to have a kind of a, a heavy talk, I suppose, in, in lots of ways. I want to say congratulations on uh, Colder Streams. Uh, it's wonderful. I've been listening to it. In fact, the whole house, if I must, if I might, if I can admit to you, uh, the whole house has been listening to it because it's always on, and I, I love it uh, very much. Uh, Travis, uh, congratulations. How are you feeling uh, now? As we're speaking, the record's going to be out very soon. But how are you feeling? Uh, now that the record's sort of done and it's going to get out there? Well, you know, it's um, mixed emotions, of course, but uh, it was, having that record uh, ready to come out when we lost Dallas was really, um, it was really helpful in, in a lot of ways. In that, uh, you know, I'm, we started about a week or two after he passed, we started, uh, the three of us started just sort of getting together up here at the house and we set up in the basement and, and, and just, you know, we set up Dallas's gear and stuff. It was quite heavy. We set up his, his pedals and his, his guitars. And then we started playing and uh, just sort of as a seance together and just sort of get close. And uh, after a while, we, you know, we realized there's a record coming out in a few months and that we should probably honor it in Dallas and uh, try and do something with it and actually try and put a show together. Yeah. And so then, you know, we... Actually, about two weeks ago, we did a couple shows down on the East Coast in the States with uh, with John Langford and Sally Timms, just to dip our, dip our toes in the water, and uh, it went really well. And then uh, immediately after, we got the, the the curse of the Sadies continued, and we heard about Mike's uh, surgery. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that didn't really answer your question about uh, – but, yeah, when we got together – we weren't really into hashing out old songs that Dallas sang at first. It was just too hard. Yeah. And, uh, but what was actually gratifying and felt good to do was to learn the new songs from the new album that we never played. 
Yeah. That was what sort of got the ball rolling. Yeah. I appreciate the notion of trying to, uh, you, you use the word seance, uh, of trying to, to, to conjure Dallas. That's something you had been kind of doing um, since we lost him. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I've been playing a lot of guitar and, yeah. uh, to get my mind off of things, but also to get my mind into that frame of mind at the same time. It's, yeah. uh, it's an interesting uh, way to work it out and go to work. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Mike, uh, Travis alludes to the fact that you did those shows without Dallas uh, along the East Coast before, before you yeah. got laid up. Uh, just experientially, I can imagine what it was like, but can you uh, articulate that? What was it like to play without him? Well, that's, it's, it's, yeah, it's hard. It is hard to articulate. Like, I mean, I can speak personally, like it's, you know, we practiced so much before we did those shows that I started to get used to different cues. But Mm. I mean, the being on stage without Dallas, like there were so many like cues that I would take from him, you know, musically and visually and that weren't there and it's become a different thing i mean it's still the sadies but it's i don't know i mean (laughs) you know like somebody said oh it's like lose i mean this is not not about my this operation but about (laughs) dallas like he was like they're like you know it must be like losing an arm but it's it's not it's like losing a piece of your mind i I think yeah like i don't mean like going going crazy part of your mind but like it's like losing a way that you think and i don't know i mean like we've been doing this so long together that without one of the people it's um it's psychologically different as well as musically yeah. and physically different no absolutely and i i want to talk about this a little bit with uh, travis uh you know before dallas passed when i'd had conversations with fellow fans or colleagues about the sadies there i think that we had this perception that dallas uh had a, a real leadership role in so many aspects of the band. Mike's alluding to the fact that on stage, Dallas was kind of a, a band leader, if not the band leader. Can you speak to that a bit, Travis? Like, is, is that overblown in any way? Uh, or was Dallas really sort of the, the general? The no, leader? that's very much true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, that was very much the case. Right. To the point where a lot of people were surprised even that uh, I was his older brother because... He steered the ship, you know, yeah. and uh, yeah, when it came to the Sadies, he, uh, in every tiny detail, he was very on top of. Right. Yeah, he was very much the curator, I guess, like in, in like Travis said, like in every way, you know, musically and decisions and conversationally, yeah. like it's just, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, totally tour de force. And especially on this last record, especially he really, uh, he really, really took charge of the last record. Him and Richard, they'd worked together before, yeah. and uh, for a long time they'd been chipping away at a project for years. And so uh, they were. He was he was very focused, and uh, you know I got tired a couple records ago of, of arguing with him in the studio because it turned out he was usually right when we mix it and stuff. So I just. Eventually, I uh, 
I, I, I let him. I, I didn't let him. He just took. He just took over the role of producer, producing the uh, record, yeah. and uh, and uh, you know, leading the show. Also, you know, he did all the speaking. Yep. Yep. You know, he did. Yep. Uh, yeah. This is um. This is a, a a way that Dallas and I I think were quite similar uh, in that we were we are both always right. Uh, and no one, no one <laughs> listens to us until it's too late. I think that's why Dallas and I got along so well. Mike, you know me pretty well. Would you agree? I'm always right. Uh, except with that last <laughs> statement. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Something went wrong. I'm not right for once. Oh. You've gone too far. <laughs> You've got- <laughs> no, I, I, he had that ability to, yeah, he just had a very clear vision for what needed to be done. This is my perception, by the way. But yeah, he did seem like a guy who had a very clear vision and was often intuitively correct. That's a lot of, um, I don't know, responsibility to put on someone or it's a high compliment. But I can also see it being like, fuck, why does this guy think he's always right? Mike, did you, was it was it ever like, oh... Dallas, calm down. Or were, were you were you like Travis? Eventually, like, damn it, he is always right. I'm just gonna let him do his thing. Uh, I only sure, meant that the studio, Vish. I only I didn't mean that. In, I was I'm only talking in, in the no, studio. No, no, we've been in we've been in restaurants together. I'm sure. And when Dallas orders, he's right. He was right. He was he got the right thing. Right. No, I I know what you're saying, and I'm I'm making some jokes, but it is interesting. You've lost. Beyond everything we've lost here in this person, you have lost someone who led you, as Mike said, like on stage, off stage. So who's occupying that role right now? Is it possible to say uh, you've only done a few shows thus far? And by shows, I mean like touring. I feel like Dallas was involved. Dallas and I spoke the most when we did uh, when I did Sadie's interviews. Travis, you and I have only spoken a couple of times. In fact, I feel like, Travis, the only time you and I did a proper interview was about the Good Family record. Does that make sense? I feel like that's true, except for that uh, talk show thing. So uh, I'm not expecting you to remember this, by the way. Sorry, but it's true. Yeah, I think you're... I think I'm just going to go with that you're right. I'm usually right. I'm usually always right. <laughs> you're usually right, so I... Okay. <laughs> so, so, so who is... Before we get into the Colder Streams thing, which I appreciate you getting us to uh, in terms of um, how you started making the record. Travis, who has to take on that role that Dallas uh, occupied just in terms of the logistics and the direction? Uh, is anyone doing that right now? Well, we're a three-headed monster right now, just sort of chasing right. our tail. Right now we're licking okay. our wounds, waiting to get back out there sometime yeah. and see what happens. I don't know, really. I don't know how it's going to play out yeah, yet. It seemed, you know? it seemed like, yeah. I think we're all trying to, I mean, not... not Less so musically now, but it's like it's interesting. I never thought of it, but like, and and as far as an analogy goes, like, you know, musically, I found when we first started trying to trying to play together again, there was like that huge musical, you know, like we've talked about Dallas's presence and everything, but I mean, he was an incredibly gifted musician as well, like who filled so much of our sound and was so much of our sound that when it wasn't there, I, I, at least I can speak for myself. Like I would be like overplaying and, you know, maybe the best thing to do was to kind of like take it back down a bit or, you know, instead of trying to make up for it. And I, I kind of maybe, maybe it's the same thing as far as 
you know, filling a leadership role, like no one's going to be able to be that yeah. person. So maybe if we all just sort of like take a step back and, and try to do it more as a, a, like Travis said, a three headed monster, maybe that is the best way. And, it, you know, on that little run we just did to in Boston and Rhode Island and stuff, I don't know. It just kind of felt like we all had to kind of pick up that slack and each one of us did our part to try to, to try to do that. I'm sure people listening might be curious about this. I've kind of already accepted the fact that uh, you guys are carrying on, but I'm sure there are people wondering how this decision was made upon losing Dallas. Travis, can you talk about the discussions as much as you want to? I don't mean to pry or, or uh, whatever, but how did you come to the realization that this could continue without Dallas? And within that, Mike just, I think, said something that's quite accurate. This guy is completely irreplaceable. But I wonder, did that ever come up? Who is going to help make up this missing sound? Not If not the spirit, but, you know, you've had this two-guitar attack forever. Again... I feel like I have a handle on this, but there must have been a consideration of like, well, I'm guessing there must there have been is. some consideration. We, well, we don't know yeah. if we... I'm not trying to be dark and forced. Yeah. We just don't know if we can yeah. yet. The verdict still isn't hasn't come in. We, we're going to try because that's what we do. That's how we've always dealt mm-hmm. with heavy shit and grief and stuff is I usually work at it and go, out, go, to, go on tour and eventually I start to feel better. And uh, and so that was and and for as for replacing we could we'll never replace Dallas. We've been known for collaborating with people, and so I would like I would love it if people came and went and uh, sat in with us and stuff, our friends and stuff once in a while. But uh, there'll never be a fourth member of the band. Right. Okay. I mean, I I just like I I can sort of remember my you know after the shock and everything like i i just never even thought that the sadies would continue and right. then as yeah. as i started to just just what travis said like well that's always been how we dealt with it like you know anything that anything bad happened like that was always like the place to go was to go on tour and rehearse and play a show and like everything could be, you could at least forget about what was not good <laughs> Yeah, for those at, you know, 90 minutes a night or whatever, or, you know, even, and then I, yeah, I just started thinking like, I think we all did, like we need each other more than we ever did. So yeah, yeah. let's, see each other let's go do the thing that we have always done through good or bad and that's kind of how it it evolved into being like yeah i think we could probably do a show or you know yeah and to be clear i still had to i still had to go and have us i sat down with uh dallas's wife and, and my mom and dad and asked them what would dallas think and uh I had to get clearance from the family, too, before I could even think about it much. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think um, I'm sure they also want to honor what you're going through, like you and Mike have been saying. Like, you need to process this, and this is how Sadie processes things. So I can appreciate that. And I I just want to say that I think I'm reading between the lines of what you're saying in particular, Travis. Like, this activity 
in the light of a new record coming out and Dallas's final record with the Sadies, this Sadies activity, it's not permanent. You don't know what's going to happen after you make your, you know, you fulfill these commitments. Is that kind of what you're saying? Kind of, I, I, I mean, I hope it works out. I hope it's okay. And yeah. but I, I just don't know if uh, we won't fill the hole that's there. And so can we make something out of it? I don't know. I, yeah. I, I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Travis, you had the experience, uh, Mike was laid up, but you recently had the experience, you and Sean uh, had the experience of being in Winnipeg and in Toronto for a festival. I'm sure people approached you. What Do you have an overarching uh, uh, way of talking about the sentiment you received and anything that stuck out for you in terms of anything someone said or conveyed to you about Dallas and, and the Sadies? Yeah, you know, it was nice to talk to people and stuff. And that was my first big crowd for three years. It was all all strange on so many levels, you know. Mm. Dallas wasn't there; that was very strange. Mike wasn't there; that was very strange. It was, uh, yeah, it was strange, but uh, nice. It was nice to see Kurt Vile and uh, play play a set with him. He he sang a bunch of Dallas songs and stuff. It was really nice. Yeah, well, that's good. That's good. And you know, Mike, I'm sure you've felt it. You you have support from people I'm, I'm sure you're feeling that almost every day is that fair very much yeah 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 i mean you know yeah for sure it's, it's been um super overwhelming about like how much people have uh, reached out and shown support it's great yeah. it's really t- heartwarming yeah well let's get into this record i just uh tried to articulate my thoughts for uh, a review that I was assigned, and uh, so I have a lot of thoughts floating in my head uh, about the sound of it and uh, even some of the lyrics. Um, Travis, let's talk about, you mentioned that Dallas wanted to work with Richard. You went to Montreal. Uh, to me, this record stands out from other Sadie's records in a few different ways sonically. Uh, as you spend time with it, uh, do you have a, can you think of ways to, to distinguish it from the, the back catalog, if you will? You know, it's uh, it's uh, it's a it's a it's a big sound. It's uh, and it's just really the three of us. We had very few guests coming. We really had John Spencer and my mom and dad and Richard. I think were the only people who added anything to it. And um, yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a, it's got it's sonically. I think it's got like I don't know if it has anything to do with. Richard being a bass player, but there, it just to me the, the the bottom end, the rhythm section, everything it just stands out really a lot. I'm still waiting to get my copy though. I'm, I'm dying to hear it on vinyl. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Just, Mine's in the mail. I mean, I'm just listening to it on my computer. <laughs> yeah, I uh, was messaging uh, Sean Dean today, just uh, asking him a couple of questions. But in particular, I wanted to convey that the bass on the song "No One's Listening." really stuck out for me just a really interesting sound i don't know if that do you know that do you know what i'm talking about there travis i do yeah that do. The, do you know what i'm getting at though it seems to it's it's a dip i don't know how they did it but it sounds ridiculous so yeah, you, know, it's, uh, you should be asking dallas this one because it was dallas and richard and pietro doing that oh i mean they, by getting the sounds getting sonically mixing it and stuff i had very very little to do with that I only had an opinion on my vocals and my guitars I don't 
I didn't jump in on anyone else's uh, yeah. any other, anyone else's parts. You know, it's interesting uh, to me. I kept to my own. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just going to say, sorry to interrupt you there. I, I, what it's fascinating to me. You have a song here on the record. It comes in about uh, halfway through song five, all the good, and up until then. I feel like a lot of the vocals are multi-tracked or treated. And then yours comes in on that song, which is more the folkiest song up to that point on the record. And it's really clear. And uh, I just want to say, like, it's it's it really opens up the record in a way. After all that murk and noise, that song just cuts through. You know what I'm getting at? Murk and noise. Is that your review of the record? <laughs> I, I, had, I, I, I did have that. I did have some there. Hang on. Let me pull up my review so I can read you exactly what I wrote. This is getting very meta, and I don't know if anyone's going to edit it. It, Vish, yeah, Vish, if you had to give like an elevator pitch to somebody, yeah, Merc and noise is that it? Let me see here. You've got ten seconds, buddy. <laughs> Colder streams really and truly is a perfect Sadie's record because it captures so much of what this unclassifiable rock and roll outfit was and still is all about. It's clear and murky, raucous and tender, woozy and steady, but most of all, in its musical tone and eagle-eyed lyricism, it's full-on, unfuckably impassioned. That's what I wrote in one paragraph. What is that? Does that resonate? Mm, nice. Yeah, yeah you, you didn't like it. Nice you're giving, you're you. giving my review a negative review. I can hear it in your voices. No, oh. no that's good. That's good, Vish. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. I appreciate that. You, you said that like gold star, gold star, Vish. You did a good job. No, I do think it starts off like I. I also knowing Dallas in particular's love of the Stooges. Like there's there's just a real punk darkness in a lot of ways to this record that I found interesting and some, you know, just some more gauze or distortion. And then every like what I'm saying in here, Travis, is then you come, you have a song before that, by the way, uh, that reminded me like of uh, the REM or the Skydigger, so far for so few, like a real jangly kind of pop thing. You know, what, you know what I mean? I do. Good. Yes. Good. Good. Yes. So, so uh, good. <laughs> and then that, uh, the other one, all the good, uh, yeah, it's, um, I know what you mean by the murky sounds and stuff. That was like the first time I ever played banjo on a record was on that song. Oh. And my vocals were much, much drier yes. than, than the rest of the record, except for the, except for the, uh, Richard called it, we called Richard the Wizard of Oz when we were doing that song because he was doing all the Oz, all the Oz. Yeah. And uh, they have quite the reverb on it, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like it's and my mom sings yeah. on it. My, my dad plays auto harp. Yep. Yeah, Mike Dubay. We also we should mention Mike Dubay, who played Mellotron mm-hmm. and Wine well, Glasses. He also played on it. Yeah, Mark Safone produced uh, at least two songs, I believe. I think he did. Um, he did. End credits and you should be wor- end credits and you should be worried, which is really interesting. Uh, I don't know. Very. I don't know what the word is. Psychedelic. That that to me is like a that's a Sadie's experiment. You know what I mean, there, Travis? I do, but Dallas. Uh... Dallas really was in charge of that. He went up to Mike's uh, studio in Quebec, and uh, when he did that, it was just supposed to be a, it was supposed to be an instrumental song. Yeah, and it's kind of a funny story. He uh, Dallas bought some pot, I guess, from somebody, and they came and uh, and they brought it over to him. And uh, the guy went to shake his hand, 
because there was no COVID cases around rural Quebec at that point, but Dallas was right in the heart of it in Toronto. So Dallas said, uh, I'm not worried about you, but you should be worried about me. <laughs> he didn't shake his hand. <laughs> and so that's how that came about. <laughs> I didn't know that. I wondered. It sounded like something a, a partner would say to another, but I never thought it. No, that's, he was, that's funny. He was explaining why he wouldn't shake a man's hands. <laughs> you know, you know what's funny to me, guys, and I know I have a pretty long and relatively intimate relationship with you guys as a as people in the band. Sometimes I think people uh, don't take the don't realize how funny all of you are. And uh, Mike, Mike <laughs> Dallas was very funny. I, I mean, that's my take. He, was. he wasn't he really, really extremely funny, just like on a high level. Yeah. And I feel yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I miss that. And I, I, you and I have obviously. Uh, you and me, Mike, uh, particularly, have a long uh, history of trying to make jokes and and have fun. So, <laughs> I just want to put that out there. There's for all the darkness. By the way, Travis, Satan, a lot of Satan, a lot of like darkness in that regard. A lot of uh, who's into the Satan? Is that was that you or Dallas in terms of uh, songwriting? Dallas was very interested in uh, in in that sort of thing. The dark arts. The dark arts. <laughs> is is that a long standing yeah. thing or a recent thing? Well, um, no, ever since he was a kid, he was always the dark child. Right. <laughs> he was always, right. uh, he was more, when we were, when he was really young, he was into a lot of goth stuff and, uh, mm-hmm. he was interested in that sort of thing. I mean, for crying out loud, one of the bands he was in was called the Satanatras. <laughs> like that's, uh, that's pretty on the nose there. And, uh. so anyway, yeah, I just, I find it, but it's, is it, was it serious or fun? Did he think it was ridiculous the dark arts on some level or did he think it was the way to live one's life can uh, mike can you comment on that did he ever try to bring you into the cult of lucifer <laughs> he had no opinion on the way anyone should live their life that's true I, no. uh, he wasn't uh well you know he had his church of satan pin but he wasn't a uh he wasn't really active, that's for sure. He was just he was curious. With I think he was, yeah, I think he was very interested. But, I mean, it's a very interesting topic. Like, mm. you know, when you yeah. start scratching the surface of it and, you know, the death cult, death metal-ish, uh, metal Scandinavian cultism, and, like, that, yeah. that starts getting into great stories. Like, it's like a, you know... It starts to read like a true crime novel, and it's just very interesting. I could, I mean, I I, I had a peripheral interest, but like I, I could see how you, it would be easy to become very interested in it without ascribing to any <laughs> religious beliefs. You know, like you can just be interested and, and enjoy the bizarre tales. He didn't believe in it so much as he thought it was funnier than all the other religions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And to be clear, so on <laughs> on, on the song Message to Belial, like, yes, that is, uh, to me, a direct invocation of uh, the devil. And then you go to Cut Up High and Dry, and that's almost like a prayer. So you have this balance of, of trying. And, and then, uh, you know, Travis, your song, All the Good, literally about, I think, quite literally about searching for something, meaning, answers, there's a real spiritual undercurrent um, to this record in a lot of ways. Travis, do you have any insight as to, like, you and your brother, one of the other reasons I wrote to Sean today, because I couldn't recall if he had done much lyric writing in this band, 
Uh, and he clarified that, no, he hasn't been. It's really you. Uh, it, it, it has been uh, Travis, you and Dallas doing most of the writing um, in the last few. Mike used to write and sing songs in the Sadies, right? Yeah. And that hasn't happened in uh, a number of years, I'm guessing, right? Yeah. The last few numbers that I wrote, I think Travis sang. Um, right. No. So, oh, there you go. So you're still writing. You're just not singing. Uh, not, Travis... not, not on the last couple records, but a, a little while. Like I'm just saying, like the last few that I would have wrote. And Travis and I wrote a few together. And um, Oh, nice. Did Travis That's great. Sings. Yeah. Great. Sorry. So back to my question, Travis, about the kind of... Um, tone searching tone spiritual tone if you will whether it's hell or heaven do you have a sense where you and your brother were coming from uh with this batch of songs at all i don't know where they're coming from i don't know where the songs come from Hmm. to be honest with you uh it's uh yeah maybe i was looking for something that day and i'm not sure what it was Hmm. it might have been a song that i was looking for (laughs) because i was making a record i can't really even remember and uh yeah, Dallas, you know, there was a constant theme, uh, spirituality and religion, and constantly through almost all of our records. And so, uh, yeah, I don't want to answer for him on, on lyrics and stuff that he wrote. Of course, wrote. yeah. It's just, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you something. There's a lyric of yours, uh, rather, that you sing in All the Good. It's the chorus, I guess. When I search for answers, questions are all I find. I wish I knew what I needed to do this time. Goddamn thing haunts me. Oh, I'm sorry to blaspheme. I don't know if I'm allowed to do that in this conversation, but that thing haunts me, and uh, I don't know. You don't know where that came from, I'm guessing, but uh, I'm just telling you, it, that really gets to me. I don't know if you can expand upon where that might have come from. Can you? Well, it sort of came from, like, you know, I, I'm happy with... At the time that I wrote it, I was happy. With, I was looking for more, but I was happy with what I had. Kind of yeah. a thing. Right. <laughs> so the meaning. Oh, sorry. That's just. Oh, Sally feels better from her stitches. She's waking up. I felt. I felt rude that I forgot to ask the dog's name since we spent so much time on the other dog, uh, Krampus, or the goat. The goat. Sorry, the goat. Uh, Sally's okay. That was Sally. We just heard from Sally. Sally's all right. Is that what you're saying? Sally's. Yeah, she seems interested in something outside. Nice. That's good. That's 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 you know what probably the goats. She probably, probably yeah, it's probably, probably the, goats. the goats. Sorry, we were going to finish a thought there about that uh, that lyric. No, I think I finished it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I got everything I'm going to get. Vish, you should be satisfied. That's all I got for you. Okay, I I I, I, I got it. Uh, uh, Mike, in terms of working with Richard and the sound of Colder Streams, you know, Travis was alluding to the very strong and mighty bottom end. Do you feel that when you, I know, I feel like you don't give a shit about that stuff. Do you? I'm you not, like, I'm on, I mean, I, of course I like, you know, when we were mixing the songs, when they were being sent around mixed to mix, I was always like, yeah, turn up the drums. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, like I, I am, I, I'm a, I'm the guy who played the drums. So I think everybody should hear them. But uh, <laughs> no, so I do care. But I also have a lot of faith in the ability of the people who are mixing it too. So yeah, um, yeah and working with Richard was great, um, and Pietro as well. I think he should be acknowledged as have, being a somebody who was also a big part in the capturing of the sound. 
And Pietro it was cool. Pietro is a genius. I, I will he's a genius. Yeah. Chime in there. Um, yeah. He's fantastic. Yeah. He's a wizard. Um, he's a wizard. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, Richard had great ideas and it's very helpful, like to have somebody strip away what you may have been thinking a song should sound like and, and mm. rethinking it. And, you know, like, I, I think there's two different kinds of producers. There's kinds of producers who sit in the corner and it's just like, you know, you maybe would think they were taking a nap <laughs> and then all of a sudden they're like, I think you should try this or something. But, and then there's other people who are very proactive and he was mm. a, a very good balance of, of both. Like when he, thought something should be done he wasn't like you know on the fence about it like he really seemed to be into trying everything before settling mm. on what was the sound or what was the arrangement and that was a great thing to be a part of and he also did it in a way where it wasn't like uh you know he wasn't like presenting it like i have this great idea that you should try it was like let's all work together and make this song the best song it can be. And that, yeah, that's a, that's a really, that's what makes a great producer. I th in my opinion, like I think it's great when someone can get an idea across without making the other people who are involved feel like they were doing it wrong in the first place. Yeah. Another thing about that recording beast that was strange was it was all during the lockdown. Mm. And so it was, uh, Quite a lot of it was like just uh, two of us at a time going into the studio and stuff. We were socially distancing. We were masked. It was full lockdown in Montreal, you know. We yeah. Were, yeah, that's right. It was uh, a couple of curfew. curfews and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. do you feel like I Travis got pulled over in a ride one night when we were leaving, and I had to explain to the RCMP lady that I had uh, that I was an essential worker. Oh. <laughs> Well, didn't we have, we actually had yes, like documentation. I think we had documents <laughs> yeah, we had that documents. said that. Yeah. God. Uh, yes. God. I hope they didn't issue a ticket that you balled up, crumpled up in a fruit <laughs> in their face. I do not. <laughs> I see what you did there, Vish. <laughs> Little good, call. Good you call. heard that story, eh, Oh, yeah. You, you told it on that uh, talk show we did. And, uh, good, good oh, right. callback there. Good yeah. Call it was back. a callback to that story. Yeah. You told it because, uh, for some reason we got, uh, once again, I will say to both of you, as I may have said to you in, in person, thanks again for being on that talk show. Sorry again that you had to be on that talk show. I don't think I did a very good job, but it was uh, whatever. It's fine. It got canceled or whatever. The whole network got, I think I got the whole network canceled. It wasn't, usually <laughs> if a show is bad, if a show is bad, they cancel the show. I got a whole network canceled. So I'm, I'm happy about that. But anyway, yeah. You told that Nicely we done. were somehow Dallas really liked the idea of uh, Ribbon Mike for spending a night in jail. Do you remember this? The ba not the oh, band, yeah, yeah, the actual yeah. carceral system. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hey, look, we all <laughs> everybody's got to go to jail sometimes. Oh God, I hope not. Anyway, then, <laughs> then, then you chimed in. You retorted. Well, what about the time, Travis? It was you said, Mike. It was like the one of your first trips. With the Sadie, yeah, right? no, you were you were asking about like what was like a, a memorable story or something, oh, yeah, and I was right. like, yeah, and that is a very memorable story. But then I also didn't want to put Travis on the spot by like you know outing him as being somebody who is 
um, non-compliant with, with the, jail? With the it's law. It's okay, Mike. You can say it. <laughs> yeah, who would also go to jail. <laughs> anyway, yeah. The, the, in a nutshell, the story is uh, the Sadies were pulled over. Travis was driving. Probably you were driving a tad rapidly. Is that fair to say, Travis? Barely, barely. Right. Yeah, I got a, I got a speed ticket. Yeah. yeah right. Nice. And then the, you you yeah. didn't like the way the uh, uh, officer was going through your record and saying this and that, and you got mad, right? Is that what happened? I did, and I crumpled up the ticket and threw it on the right. ground. Yeah, but you before you did van, that, I didn't litter. <laughs> Before you did that, you kept interrupting the guy going, are you done? Are you done? <laughs> I thought it was the best part. And then you just grabbed the ticket up, out of his hand, scrumpled it up, and threw it in between you. I was in the passenger seat. You just turfed it like right in between us. It was so cool. Yeah, I don't think you should. That was in the old days when you usually didn't have to pay out-of-province tickets. You know, they couldn't really – they wouldn't track you down. But about – oh, my God, about 20 years later – 15 years later, in the mail, I got a notice from Brandon, Saskatchewan, and uh, or Manitoba. Yeah, Brandon, sorry. Manitoba. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Brandon, Manitoba. And they wanted their, uh, I thought it was a good deal after 20 years. They wanted me to pay the $250 ticket. Wow. Oh, my <laughs> God. Prorated over, prorated over 20 years? Not bad. <laughs> not bad. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I paid it. I paid it off. You, you, uh, you're both, you're both alluding to the fact that you made this record during uh, the lockdown uh, from the pandemic. Uh, the pandemic uh, exposed a lot of uh, fissures and uh, cracks in society. I wonder, Travis, if you feel like uh, this time uh, and stuff that's going on kind of permeated the lyrics on this record. I'm going to. As painful as it has been, I'm going to quote you some more lyrics uh, just to ask about it because it stuck out for me. In this day and age, rage has become all the rage, and we choose to behave like wolves left to starve in a cage. We keep going in circles around and around, spinning faster and faster and faster. We come around in the end and start back down again, looking forward to another disaster. That feels very... That's from the song, by the way, More Alone. That feels very... Of its time, contemporary. Travis, what do you think uh, where I'm coming from with my English essay analysis of that song? Well, that's Dallas, Dallas's lyric. Mm-hmm. And he, that was a premonition, I suppose. If you, uh, he, he wrote that um, well before COVID. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's some... This is one of those situations where people like me, uh, dorks, are going to say there's a lot of prescience... Uh, here and some of it very jarring and i find the record spooky on its own regardless of these this circumstances these circumstances if you will um travis i i can imagine it must be eerie to listen to it on the on the one hand but do you are you picking up on that prescience that you were just alluding to like oh my god this is sort of weird what we ended up talking about yeah yeah that's true (laughs) (laughs) i uh I don't really have anything to add to that right yeah, now. Yeah, no, so. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I'm loading up these questions, uh, and uh, I know that there are... Mike, let's just... Well, I, I think I think that <laughs> I, can add, I, can, I can talk to, to that a little bit. Yes, please do. Please do. Save, save <laughs> but, me. I mean, save I, me, Mike. Not, not, not directly, but <laughs> in a roundabout way, as I do. No, I think, like, with good songs writing, like, that, and Dallas and Travis are good songwriters, like, I think that it can be interpreted many ways to 
depending on the you know mood or headspace of the of the listener and uh, yeah it doesn't you know it sure there's some things that are obviously very specific like about like the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald like mm-hmm. that's well you know says what it's about but but it you know even that song like a great songwriter it conjures up all kinds of emotions and um yeah images and stuff so i i think that that you're not you're not being way off base i mean it's it's a song that you and you listen to it and that's what you hear so that, that particular song maybe it was actually i'm sorry to interrupt but maybe it was actually written right at the beginning of when things were getting strange with the covid it, it was yeah like, i because I, I he wrote that song to... he wrote right. that song on uh, like the it was the day after justin towns earl died oh. dallas wrote that song oh, i see which was 2020 yeah yeah, I it was, yeah. It, there's a section in that song that I actually thought might be about Gord Downey. Um, uh, it hurts me to think about what could have been and everything that won't ever be. We gave him tough love, but it wasn't enough to fight back against his disease. Uh, he died all alone, but he was never alone. But now that you mention Justin Townsend, like that makes, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I'm just telling you, it was Justin. Yeah, no, I, I hear that. We had plans to go to Jamaica to make a record with Justin. Mm. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, there you go. So yeah, it's just you're right. I will say just to call, follow up on what you're saying, Mike. Uh, it's true. I pick up this. I, I put this uh, record on the record player five years from now. It's going to mean something different. It's gonna it's going to speak to me about mm-hmm. whatever's going on then. And uh, so mm-hmm. I appreciate that. It is it, to me. This is such a strange and bittersweet contextual exercise because I can't help but uh, feel moved by this record. Uh, on a number of levels, I can't imagine what you guys are going through uh, with it, and I, I just want to say I, I'm so grateful that you're still doing this and that you're uh, that you made this record. Uh, I think the timing is so fucked up in a way. Like this is such a bittersweet release, but we have this thing that Dallas was involved in. So I'm feeling it's weird. It's it it feels like uh, he's with me and with us in a very fresh way. Fresh ideas are coming out of my speakers, and they're his, a lot of them. So, uh, sorry, just had to ramble a, a little yeah, bit. It's, no, that's, it's, it's nice really, that he left something behind. Yeah, yeah, it's and true. it really is like a complete, a completed record mm. from the beginning to end. It's not like this happened and we were halfway through or three-quarters of the way through. Like, it, we were done. Yeah. Like, it was, yeah. the artwork was done, the liner notes were done, like, everything was done, and you know, by normal standards, this would have come out in November, right. <laughs> as it was originally planned, I believe, right? And it kept getting pushed and pushed because, you know, I'm using quotes, which I hate to do, but like this whole supply chain issue. Yeah, yeah. All that's, you know, like everything kept getting pushed and pushed. And, you know, like it really is a complete work of his. Yeah. So yeah, um, so I'm trying to like. I guess we can celebrate that in a way, like you know that it wasn't like us trying to think about what he would do to finish this record. It was, it was finished. It's a real blessing, if I may use that term. Like it, it does feel that. Mm -hmm. Like it's again, it's incredibly bittersweet and weird. Travis, uh, if you can comb through your memory banks. Uh oh. Oh yeah, I know. This is all, I'm I'm giving you. This is me stalling, so you can get the memory banks uh, turned on. Okay, thank you. Churning. 
Uh, my question is, the, the band is so prolific, has been so prolific. Have we heard everything? Were there songs from these sessions that didn't make it on the records, on the record rather, um, for some reason? And is there any other kind of archive of unheard material from the Sadies uh, that we might uh, hear at some point? I mean, that's about it. Uh, we've got uh, about six songs that we recorded with Gord Downey just before he left us, mm-hmm. and those are done. And we'll do something with that someday. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's a, that's about it. That's about it. Okay. That's the uh, Mike. Do you have any other memory? I'm just I'm I'm conscious that that's a lot to foist on Travis. But can you think? I of... Mean, we just put out a, a, a rarities record and stuff too, right? So we've already combed. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, Dallas there. Yeah. So uh, we're not going to be doing that anytime soon. Anything like that, right? And I'm I, well, I can't think so, yeah. I can't think of anything. Okay, like I like Travis just said, like I think that Rarities record was us finding and agreeing on things that were acceptable to be released. <laughs> I find I find yeah. I find its release in itself a little eerie for personal reasons because I'm pretty sure I bought it at the last CD show I saw uh, with Dallas. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I bought a T-shirt which yeah. I don't normally do. Well, that's not true. I buy lots of T-shirts. But you guys had uh, that was the show that Daniel Romano customized the T-shirt for that Le- oh, Lee's right. Lee's, oh, yeah. Lee's Palace show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. what was eerie yeah. about it is, it's not unusual for me to buy a T-shirt. What's eerie is I had the exact amount of money in my pocket to buy the shirt and the record, and that was it. I had no other money, and I How'd found that home? weird. Well, I you don't need money. I had a car. With gas oh, you had a car, okay. I thought maybe I, you had I, to take I the bus or something. No, no, no. I wasn't like all of a sudden desolate and alone. <laughs> I just spent my last... By the way, I'm talking like 40 bucks. It wasn't you, like... You used the t-shirt as shelter. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> and you managed to melt the record and lift the <laughs> lip up. <laughs> Ate the liner notes? Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. That's what I did. Yeah, no, I find uh, it's very strange um, to me on the one hand. And uh, anyway, listen, I... I appreciate you going through this. I don't know if you've done many interviews yet uh, at this point, but uh, I hope this was useful or helpful to just think about these things. And uh, yeah, before I leave you, uh, just a general question. I mean, and I don't know what the answer could otherwise be, but Travis, how is the good family doing? Is there anything people like me can do to help in any other way? Um, I'm, I'm happy to from... I keep saying this, and I feel clumsy about it because I live in Edmonton now. But how is everyone doing, and can anyone help in any way? Everyone's, you know, everyone's getting through it. It's, uh, you know, we've got a good, uh, really good support group. We we feel the love, all all of that, really, truly. But uh, yeah, they, I, uh, yeah, they're going to be all right. Okay, they're going to be all right. Okay, that's good to hear. So. With, Thanks for asking. Well, of course, uh, of course, and I hope uh, others who know you all uh, reach out when they can just to, to to check in. I'm doing my best to to do that, and uh, but it's hard for us as well. So, um, uh, Mike, in terms of your prognosis, I think we talked about your your arm, and I think yeah. uh, wh- whatever happens there dictates. Is it fair to say whatever happens there dictates what's next for the Sadies, or will the band try to do stuff without you? How, do you know what's going on? Uh, <laughs> I've, if I. Maybe this, once I hang up, you and Travis can talk about that. This but, is uh, a, it's a. This was actually all a vocational intervention. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, just kidding. Yeah, 
No, I've you know been taking some community college courses. And <laughs> <laughs> it's all. You got to learn a craft. That's what I'm yeah. saying. You got to learn a trade. No, no, sorry, Turns I didn't out. mean to. I, as always, clumsy on my part. I just mean you know your uh, healing timeline, uh, uh-huh, and that's yes. got to dictate when the Sadies are coming back. Is there a plan in place to uh, make up these postponed dates and all those things based on your own uh, regimen there? Yeah, I mean, there were some that were festivals um, that we had to cancel, unfortunately, that if those festivals exist next year, hopefully they would have us. And um, the other dates that were venues and club dates and stuff, we could, uh, you know, work into the next time Mm. we're in Europe, which, I mean, anything, like our manager said, uh, one thing that, the pandemic has taught us is that you can reschedule anything. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that can be rescheduled, but we've got a lot of time to to, to, to go out and uh, promote this last record. Years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 20, yeah, we can, we can tour this record for years. Exactly. I'm guessing though, based on your situation there, like, is it likely you probably won't be playing a show until 2023? Three is that fair? I know. No, I think in the fall. In the fall. Oh, great! Uh, okay. Should, the fall, everything, everything goes well. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah. people can, I think, learn more about that at the Sadies net. Is that fair? Yeah. Does anyone know? Sure. Yeah. I don't know. If, um, yeah. That, I think that'll have dates and tour dates, probably on Facebook and that stuff too. It, Would yeah. have any forthcoming dates and stuff, or what? We weren't able to do. Just suggesting people check out the Sadie's uh, socials and all those things. You're on the band is on most of the things, I believe: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So that's probably where to get the latest info. Is that fair, Travis? I think so. Do you I use? I forget. Best. I forget, Travis. Do you use any of those things anymore? Well, I've got email, and uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't really. I no. got YouTube. Yeah, you got. I got YouTube yeah, and email. YouTube. <laughs> I got Microsoft Excel. Yeah, I know what you're saying there. I uh, just naming things. Uh, I just I asked, got my first cell phone. Yeah, I feel like we talked about this a while ago. Do you know where it is though? The last time you told me you got your first cell phone, you'd lost it. That was That's like a, I was, a year and a half ago. I was fishing with Bob Young, and I reached in to get our string of fish out of the canoe, and it just plopped into the lake. And it was the second day I'd owned it. Right. <laughs> Right. By the way, I uh, as we're speaking, Bob Young emailed me, and I owe him a phone call. I uh, might call him right after we're done here. I don't. Your uh, right. your interview with Bob was great. Oh, oh, thank you, yeah. thank you. I appreciate yeah, awesome. that. Yeah, he's a he's fascinating. He's a fascinating guy. As are you, a fascinating guy. But I, appreciate I mean, that. he was the subject of the interview. So yeah, it was great. We talked about UFOs and. I can't. Yeah, what, yeah. I can't remember what else. Bob, uh, Travis, you're you're real friendly with Bob, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. did he? Did you talk? Did he? Did he mention this? Did he hear the interview? Did he hear how it sounded in the end? Did he like it? Do you remember? I don't know if he heard it, but he enjoyed doing it. Oh, good. Yeah. That's that's nice. Yeah. Well, I'll call him after this. And if you say him, if you see him today, will you see him? Do you see him like every day, every other day? No, no, not every day. No. No. Okay. Yeah, but I All see right. him. Uh, he lives close, so I see him uh, every month for sure. Well, I, I asked because our mutual friend, uh, or my my friend rather, Colin Medley, was uh, at the farm the other day, I believe, right, doing something uh, yes, with you guys. He was, he, yes, that's correct. Yes, yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. He he FaceTimed you or something. That's right. He's a filmmaker and a photographer. He, for the, he YouTubed you. I believe. Yeah, he YouTubed me on my email. <laughs> 
And uh, <laughs> anyway, he uh, said to me, he says, uh, um, uh, I saw, I met Bob Young today. And I just thought, is Bob always at Travis's house? What are the odds that Colin's there and Bob's there? But I guess he was just hanging out, watching. You guys are doing some top We secret? had a little gathering because it was it was the day before Mike's surgery. So we had a little gathering oh. and, and played, played music because we knew it was going to be a good long time before we got to do that again. Nice. So yeah, he was there. Nice, colorful community. It sounds like you have there, uh, Travis, with the goats and the Sally, the dog, and Bob Young, and everybody else. No, it sounds good. All right. Well, we've done some uh, plugging and whatnot. People know to check out the Sadies online. I want to go out on a song uh, from the new record. Uh, this is where things can get dicey when I have more than one person, uh, because I'm going to ask one of you to pick, and the other one has veto power. Uh, and can say, no, I refuse. That can't go on the air. I don't like it. Uh, I'm going to ask Travis to pick the song. And Mike, that gives you veto power. Okay. Travis, can you pick okay. a so- song for us to go out on? Well, since we saw- talked so much about that particular song, I will choose More Alone. More Alone. Okay. That's a great, great choice. No, no tension? No veto? I thought for sure, Mike, with you involved. There would be some debate. Were the drums loud enough in that song, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because at, because at one point you stopped playing your guitar. <laughs> All right, we look for the remix of this song coming out in the next few months, apparently. Uh, this is More Alone from the beautiful and wonderful new record, uh, Colder Streams, by the greatest rock and roll band in the whole wide world, the Sadies. Uh, Mike, Travis... I love you both very much. Thank you so much for spending time with me and being on the show and uh, hope to see you soon and best of luck in the future. Thanks. Love you too, Vish. Thanks, man.
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Not gonna lie, I wasn't sure what to expect. Uh, in scheduling this chat with uh, Travis and Mike of the Sadies because of uh, how devastating and sad uh, the loss of our, our our friend and Travis's brother, uh, Dallas, has been. But uh, I, I hope you enjoyed that. And I want to take a second to thank uh, Travis and Mike for spending time with me and more formally for appearing on this, the 703rd episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available wherever you get your podcasts can't find an episode that you're looking for or if you want to learn more about me sign up for my monthly newsletter please visit vishkana.com you can like creative control on facebook if you like you can follow the show on twitter at vish creative or you can follow me on twitter and on instagram at vishkana also please visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to sustain this podcast that is the primary source of revenue for this show six dollars or more a month grants you access to exclusive content that i post up there sometimes it's derived from these new interviews sometimes i dig into my archive of uh, older interviews and i pop stuff up there's a sadie's documentary actually uh, floating around in some of the archived material which again if you pledge six dollars or more a month you can access that but you don't have to you don't have to go with six you can do five six and below or six and above uh, to start and you can always change it every month you can change it if you like so just keep that in mind but again thanks for your support just uh, go to patreon.com slash creative control to make your donation also if you're interested in a creative control t-shirt just message me uh, on there and I'll get you one while, uh, while supplies last thanks again to the uh, fine Alberta record retailer Blackbird Music which you can learn more about and order a copy of Colder Streams by the Sadies at uh, via their website, blackbird.ca. also want to thank Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario, for their in-kind support for this show. Thanks, as always, to my friend Jim Guthrie for letting me use music of his on the show. You can learn more about Jim at jimguthrie.org. And finally, thank you for listening to this episode with uh, Travis and Mike from the Sadies. I hope you will, in fact, uh, check out Colder Streams when it's uh, out. Very powerful record. And I love that band, and I love those people uh, more than I can really say. So thank you. Uh, if you're new to the band, I hope you are interested in that. If you're here for the band, uh, thank you for checking out this show and considering subscribing to this podcast or following it and telling your friends all about it as well. All that stuff helps spread the word. All right, be well. Uh, love the ones you're with, uh, and tell them so. Don't wait. 
and I will talk to you very soon. Thanks again. Bye for now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.